Now, your answers to the question were very, very diverse. And uh, none, of them, none, of the, none of them were peculiar. Uh, because the truth is, life is, uh, is pretty common among us and the tasks. The tasks that we need to perform on a regular, on a daily basis are, are fairly routine. And, and the things that I have to do, usually you're, you're doing those too, whether it's hanging a picture or uh, cutting cheese. or So the answers that I got from you were, um, uh, were knife, uh, egg beater or a beater of some kind. Uh, some, some, some of the gentlemen say, look, I, I, I keep going back to my 16-gauge or my shotgun or my gun. Um, um, and uh, and throughout, throughout our lives, there will be uh, favorite tools. I know that one of the tools that uh, my wife wanted for years, because I guess she grew up with it, and it seems like forever I would go looking for one of these things. It was a wooden-handled metal fork to use in cooking, and and it was amazing that no one had them. And uh, uh, I think she grew up with that. And for me, uh, in, re- in reflection of, of, of my daily, weekly lives, other than the things that I use here, but at home is probably the one tool that I wear out the most or use the most is that 19.2 Craftsman power drill and screwdriver. So, uh, you know, whether it's putting up walls or taking things apart, or uh, putting together bush furniture, or uh, any, of the th- any of the many things that you do around the house, uh, we have tools that we use. And, and, and one of the reasons why I, I threw that question at you, and we're, we're, we're talking about these things today, is that God knew that the job that he was giving, not, not only to his disciples, but to you and to me, would require some tools, Okay? And as, as, we, as I start this, this, this series on the Holy Spirit, uh, that will become more and more evident if you're paying attention. If you're saying, well, okay, the preacher's going to preach here. He'll be up there about 20, 25 minutes. And then, you know. So, you know, uh, the, this is the beginning of a series called Deep Waters. And it's a series on the Holy Spirit, concerning the Holy Spirit. Um, in the next few weeks, I'll do my best to, to cover, there, there's no way I can cover everything, but I want to cover as much as I can about not only God's intention in sending the Holy Spirit, uh, how to receive that gift, and we'll, we'll look at all that. I, I will do my best to answer some of the questions that people have, okay? I, I will also probably be a little bit hard on uh, our church, I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about uh, we, we build, we're, we're part of a, co- a community called a kind of a Pentecostal church, a Pentecostal community. And there have been, uh, how many of us know that the gifts that God gives us, what, you know, whether it's in life or, you know, uh, relationships, uh, all, of the, all the many things that we enjoy, you know, like I enjoy eating, right? You enjoy eating, uh, uh, we enjoy relationships and all the dimensions of the relationships um, and, and so many things. And these are gifts from God. Um, and how many of us know that you can take something that God intends for good and has a specific great purpose for and we can mess it up? Okay? The same is true when, when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
is the same is true uh, about all the gifts of God. There's always a way for, uh, if, if we can, to somehow allow sin or self to get involved and kind of take what God intended to be a good thing and turn it into something that's destructive or infamous. Could I say it that way? So I'm going to do my best to answer some questions. Now t- today, I, w- I just want to lay s- some, some groundwork and tell you the story about why, what Jesus was doing uh, around the 15th and the 16th chapter of John because what we see here is we see Jesus, he's getting ready to leave. Three years of ministry was almost over. He was getting ready to leave. And you see that in the things that he was saying. And, you, and you're trying to read, as you, as you read the scriptures, you're reading the reactions of the disciples and, and trying to figure out if they're getting it. And the answer is no, they didn't. Yeah? But sometimes we don't either. And I want to talk about, I, I want to share with you what the Bible says about what he, and he was starting a new thing. And I'll, I'll share, share some things about this. Uh, there, this was not just, okay, Jesus, God showed up and said, I'm going to hang out for three years, go to the cross. Uh, no, there was a plan and we're still part of the plan. The uh, time continues to march on and generation after generation is born. And the struggle continues. And he identifies uh, some, of the, some of the things that, that take place. Now, I recognize we're living in a world where uh, some things are not real popular. Some things about the scripture, about the gospel, are not real popular. And we also live in a world where we can have it our way. Okay? Recently had a guy who, who refused to come here anymore because he liked to dress like a girl. And I said, that's a problem. Okay, That's a problem. And so he just... Rather than to submit to, to what the scripture said about s- such things as that, uh, and there, was, there was way more going on than the clothes. Rather than to submit to what God says, I mean, essentially, he just found a group that's, that believed like he did. You and I always have that option. If for some reason we don't like what, you know, this one is saying or that one is saying, that's how they're presenting the gospel, we need to take a really good look in the mirror and say, why? Why? Is it because, and, and this is one of the, the things that we wrestle with. We wrestle with self. We wrestle with wanting to do it our way. We wrestle, and essentially that's the, the pivotal point of that is that who's God? That's the question. Is it me or is it God? Now sometimes we take some interesting uh, twists and turns there. We, uh, in other words, the Holy Spirit will say, okay, he'll put his finger on Joe. I'll say Joe because he, you know, we're friends. He, he, he doesn't mind me just teasing him back there in the, in, the, in the fifth or sixth pew. He'll put his finger on something in Joe's life. And if Joe's like me, he might squirm a little bit. Yeah? God says, this, this has got to go from your life. And if he's like me, the, my first response is like, uh, are you sure about that? Was that you, God? You know, I kinda, I'm, I'm invested in this thing. I'm invested in this relationship, or I'm invested in this activity, or I'm invested in this practice. I'm invested in it. I, I get something from it. I enjoy it. And God says, and he keeps pressing. And so I really, we go, oftentimes we'll go through all kinds of little uh, machinations, uh, movements here and there, uh, and some of them are like, well, that's not really God. Th- that word didn't really mean that. You know, the scriptures didn't really mean that, or we even, and we'll, it's, it's like an evolution uh, uh, as we kind of wrestle through this, uh, and we, we may even, we justify it, everybody does this stuff, and I'm as good as the next person, and God is still there saying, well, it's got to go, Joe. 
It's got to go, Bill. It's got to go, Bonnie. It's got to go. And, and we're in this, and, and it's at some point in this tug of war, we find ourselves thinking, I wish I wasn't so close to God that I could hear his voice. Okay? <laughs> yes, like, I, I'd rather, you know, why can't I just go back to Jesus loves me, this I know. Boy, and, and, and it was like, let's make this simple again. Yeah? But now we have God, by the Holy Spirit, dealing with us. And we're wrestling because, okay? So when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we do that. When it comes to what God has intention for us, we do that. Now, down through the ages, we, we're 2,000 years after this, after the fact, plus. And we're sitting here, and there, over, the, over, the, over, the, over the cascading years, we've had a lot of like group church movements and church groups kind of address these issues. And typically, if the Holy Spirit isn't really working and moving in you, and you consider yourself kind of like in charge, you're going to find, you're going to find a way to say, well, that's not for today, because it's not, a, it's not something a part of my life. Rather than simply saying, God, I don't understand this. I want to open myself up to you. If this is for me, I want it. Just hit me, God. Why not? And how that some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we'll get into these in depth later, uh, are more acceptable than others. I mean, in other words, the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, you look at the Romans passage and you look at some of the others, I mean, we, we pick and choose. This is okay for today and this is not. I don't know you can do with that with the scriptures. And, and I, don't, I think we're lying to ourselves and we're, we're playing some kind of silly game uh, when we kind of pick and choose. This is not a buffet, folks. I can go to the number one buffet. Buffet. I don't go there anymore. But I could go there and I could pick and choose what I want. And I don't have to eat those funny looking things on the end if I don't want to. But I don't think God, God will, in a sense, God doesn't push and force anything on us. But we need to be the kind of people that says, God, is this, you know, this is your word. This is for me. God, I'm here. I want it. I want it. I don't, and, and here's the other thing. I don't always, you don't always understand it. Did you not know that there was mystery in the things that God did and will do in you? There's always this element of mystery. There's always this element of faith. You know? Eyes have not seen. Did, did you remember that passage? Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard. Uh, those things that God has, has kind of called run off to the side for those who love him. Amazing, uh, magnificent things, depths of his presence, depths of a relationship that your, your spouse may not even understand. Huh? The person who, who, who is close to you. I don't mean to go into all this, but, but let's, go, let's get into the scripture or get into to what I have written down here. I'm just prelude to the prelude. Now again, in the next few weeks, next week is the, what's behind door number one. Now, the scripture, Jesus said a whole lot of things about the gifts, about what the Holy Spirit would do. And when he came, when he talked to his disciples, he didn't say anything about tongues. I mean, that had to blow people's minds. I mean, knock them out of the boat on, uh, you know, on the day of Pentecost. It just, they didn't see that one coming. There is a passage in the Old Testament that says, with, with, with four languages and stammering lips, I'll speak to this people. And he says, it's the rest wherein we rest. That really points to the passage of Scripture where Paul says, look, when a person speaks in tongues or prays in the Holy Spirit, they edify themselves. It is a rest. It is a spiritual rest and a comforting that comes when a person prays that way. Okay? It's not the only thing, but you know, that's the one place in the Old Testament that just kind of gives us a, a wink, saying, 
pulls the curtain back and says, guess what? What's we'll talk about that. The next thing, the next week I'll talk about, no fear, the passion and the power and the equipping that God is making available to you and to me in the Holy Spirit. That's not like a bad thing. I want to be passionate about my faith. Okay? I want to be powerful in, in my witnessing. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to just kind of say, well, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody say, oh, yeah, Bill's a Christian. Uh, yeah, 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 go to church. It's not that I want to be obnoxious. I mean, some of us have been obnoxious before. You've been obnoxious with your faith before? I bet you have. Some of you. I probably have too. Or at least somebody thought I was. But that's, I, I, it's not about that being obnoxious. I want to be bold. I want to be forthright. I, I don't want to be afraid. Amen. See, and that's available. And I want to talk about that. Uh, that's that's the, the two weeks out. Then I'm going to get, on the last week, I want to get specific and talk about gifts and what's available. And why? You know, it's like, uh, could, I, could I just say it this way? I asked you about a tool. But you have more than one tool in your, in your kitchen, right? Some of you said a knife. I bet you got 15 kinds of knives. And those of you who have hammers, I bet you have more than one kind of hammer. And not only the more than one kind of hammer, to the left of that, you've got these wrenches. You know? And then you have some specialty tools. I love the, I love the, the one wrench that's got a little uh, spring-loaded thing that you can get up in there under the sink. Yeah? Guys, remember that one? It says, you can't do it without it. You just can't get it done without that cool But once you have it, you got it. Don't use it very often, but when you have it, when you need it, you have it. And there are a lot of things like that. And there are gifts of the Holy Spirit like that. God has put together his church, and there, he's given us not only marching orders, he's equipped us. He's given us, um, by the Holy Spirit, a craftsman box full of tools. That's what I got for my birthday. Not the tools, the box. Oh, by the way, thank you for all your, uh, your Facebook things. It says, hey, happy birthday, Pastor, happy birthday. Next year's the big one, 6-0. 6 right? Yeah, some of you say, ah, yeah, that, one's in my, that, that, I, that was in my rearview mirror, right? Okay. Uh, in this series I'm, series, I'm also going to address questions, the concerns, and, and the typical pushback when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Okay. Now, in this passage that I'm about to read, Jesus had, been, uh, had spent the, the bulk of it in the last three years with his disciples. They had, in effect, uh, they left everything and they'd followed Jesus, right? You know, Matthew, I mean, all, all these people, Peter, James, John, they had left everything and they had, uh, in order to follow Jesus. And during that time, they witnessed some pretty amazing things. Everything from Peter's mother-in-law being ill and raised out of her sickbed and her serving, all the way to people rolling off of the funeral cart and standing. They saw it all. They had seen him take a few pieces of bread and loaves, uh, loaves of bread and, and fish, and feed thousands. They had seen these things. Okay? They had witnessed these things. They had been there to pass out the bread and, and pick, pick up the fragments and all of these things. They had shared everything with Jesus. The road, they'd shared the road. They'd shared the meals. They'd listened to his teaching. They'd helped him during the crusades. They watched him as he, as he healed and as he loved people. People who they, they didn't even love. Jesus, tell this person to go away. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, be quiet. The master is... 
bring them to me. Children crowding in. Keep them back. Mom, come on. Get the kids back. He doesn't have time for that. He said, suffer the children to come to me. He began to bless them, okay? So he's, they're getting it. They're getting it. And slowly, who they are and their ideas and their visions of, of how this is supposed to go is being, is being molded by the Master, by, by Jesus, the Christ, the, the, the Redeemer, uh, God. God has come down. He is revealing who He is in all of these little things and all of these big things. And, and you know, it's, it's amazing. You know, but we're so dull sometimes, aren't we? You know, we're so dull. Here, and let me give you an example of how dull we can be. Yeah? You, and I'm going to take you back to a place you probably don't want to go. Remember your sin. Remember the condition you were in when Jesus saved you. Now, some of you have known Jesus all your life. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you, people who had, who had kind of done it their, their own way and had left a, a debris field behind them, like, like, like in, the, in the Navy, it's trash dumping day, you know? You throw it off the fantail. Throw it off the fantail. It's just floating. Little, it's everywhere out there, and that's who I'm talking to. Remember... Your debris field, and how, when you weren't even looking for him, Jesus got your attention. And in a moment of clarity, you said yes to him. And you had no idea what was going to happen, but it happened. Life, life, like you'd never, never experienced before. God on the inside coming out through your pores, and how you live, and how you think, and how you love. Changing everything. Changing everything. And after having received all that, there are occasions when you look over and see that guy with, with the gazillion piercings or the kid with the, that, that really needs to pull his britches up. <laughs> you know? Or, 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 the, or the guy staggering out of Pal Joey, or is it Pal Joey's? Bullfrog, okay? <laughs> Staggering out of there and, and slipping into it. And you, and you, and you phew, the dirty dog, you know? We can, and we forget that the, of the grace and the love that was shown us. See? That's, that's what I mean when I say we're, we're dull. We're dull. We forget. We forget and, 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 and we, we just kind of revert to some kind of, and we're thinking like, like we're the one, we made ourselves righteous? Really? You made yourself righteous? I made myself right? No, no. I was in need. I was in deep trouble. I was in deeper trouble than I knew. I, I, I didn't even know the depth of my trouble. I just knew I was in pain. And when I called upon him in a moment of clarity, that was, quite frankly, set up by him. He responded, and he began a, a great work that's not done. So we can be pretty dull. So um, they had left everything. They had shared everything. During this time with Jesus, they had done, he'd sent them on mission strips, right? Remember? He sent out the 12. Then he sent, them, sent, out, sent out 70. Okay? So it wasn't just the 12 that, had, that he had given authority to preach and to teach and to heal and to do all these special things. And both times, the people would come back like with, with, these, with these huge stories of success. 
<laughs> oh, Jesus, Jesus, even the demons run from us. And he said, don't be, don't be so, so, so captivated with what the demons do. Just be thankful that your names are written in God's book of life. Yeah? That, I mean, perspective, right? I mean, we, and even today... Even today, we rejoice when something big like, the, you know, we, we were thinking in terms of, okay, the demons are subject to us. This happened to them. And that, that I'm not going to poo-poo that except that there is something that's bigger. That once I was lost, now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. That's the joy. That is the entrance and the gateway into heaven. The work that Jesus will do in your life and in my life. Amen? So they saw this. They witnessed this. They'd been, they'd been a part of this. But now his message was changing. There was change that was taking place here, and so was his message. John 16. That was a, an introduction, right? <laughs> he said, Pastor, I thought you were you're just going to kind of go Presbyterian on us or something. I could do that. These things I have spoken to you that you may be, that you may be kept from stumbling. Now he's making reference to, to John the 15th chapter. Okay? They will make you outcasts from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he's offering a service to God. These things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I, uh, that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. Now when he speaks of it, their hour, when their hour is coming, he's talking about the time. The context was in the next few days. The, when, he, when he speaks, when their hour has come, he's talking about when they have power, when they've been given uh, the capacity to take Jesus, to beat him, to try him, and to kill him on the cross. That's their hour. See? That's their hour. That's what he's referring to. He says, I don't want you to stumble. I'm saying these things to you so that when their hour comes, when this is happening, that you don't lose faith that you're still there, that you're still standing. Folks, from time to time, the hour of the enemy comes and we're afflicted and affected that. But we have a God and we have a word from Him that says that He will make us to stand. So when the hour of the enemy seems to be upon us, so that when those things are coming and we're saying, man, it doesn't seem like anything is happening that's good. We have a God who puts the period at the end of every sentence. Every sentence. He knows who you are. He's the one who makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. This is something that he did in the Old Testament. This is something that he did in the New Testament. This is something that he does in your life and my life right now. In the small things and the big things. God knows how many hairs are on this head. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Now, this is, this is a hard sell. You know, we're living in the moment here. We want Jesus right here, right now. Jesus on the main line, right? We want him right here, right now. And so did they. 
in spite of the things that they that he they said he said to them, there were there were a lot of things that they didn't understand. And and, and how many how many of us are like that? When we read the Word of God and God is speaking to us, there are some things that we don't necessarily get right away. And so that's where they were in this. He says, I, I told you that I'm going away, but none of you asked me where I'm going. Um, and he says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do no, not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. See, there are some things that are taking place behind the curtain. And he's revealing that, 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 that it's not just a, an itinerant preacher here that, that has extraordinary gifts. God has a master plan that includes, the, the, you might say, the judgment of the ruler of this world. And the power that's coming. And the job that we have. And the job that they would have in the, in, in the community. All right, so let's, the references to this passage when he says, look, I'm, I'm telling you these things so that you're not going to stumble. If you, if you look back in, the, in, the, in John, the 15th chapter, you'll see he talks about the vine and the branches, right? I'm the vine, you're the branches. Essentially, in that prayer, little portion of thought in Scripture, they call that a pericope. What he's really saying is that at the end of all that, says, look, without me, you can do nothing. That was the bottom line. That's the bottom line of I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. So stay connected. Stay connected. That's a sermon in and of itself. Then he says, love one another. That's in that passage too, in that 15th chapter. Love one another. And then he, then he goes on and says, look, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. He said a slave is not above his master. Most of us think the other way around. I mean, can we get what the master gets, Right? We're a slave or we're servant. We want to taste a little bit of what all the good things. Well, he's saying, you're also going to taste of the bad thing. If they have hated me, they will hate you. Now, I recognize this is not, I mean, where, where does this message, where is this message taught and accepted and put in, into, you might say, into some kind of context in which we can live and understand this in 2013? Now, we don't want to hear that, do we? I, anybody here like being hated? Yeah. Go figure why we don't like that. I mean, no one likes to be hated. We like to be liked. I mean, that's why some people carry extra sticks of gum to give to their friends, you know? <laughs> right? They give, yeah. Some, hey, want to chew? You know? I want to be your friend, right? Kids, you know, you get that. You, there's, there's always one or two that's got an extra pile for everybody, you know? They want to be loved. They want to be liked. I understand that we understand that, right? Oh, goodness. Pastor. He says, if they hated me, they'll hate you. And where's that coming from, you know, today? That's the part of the gospel we really don't want, isn't it? Pastor Debbie said, I think, last week, and I haven't heard the sermon, just it's not, it's not up there yet. But she said something along, I think she said something along the lines of that, God's got to love God, but there's wrath involved too, you know? We don't like that. We don't like anybody reminding us of that side of God. Like anybody, you know, we, we will cling to the people who are always telling us about the, the honey that drips, but never about the vinegar. That's, that's, that's a necessary part of the life. We don't want to hear that. And so any, any of those kind of messages we shove aside because, you know, I, I like this one over here. 
Yet we find that God is saying, look, if you're going to do my work, you're going to be persecuted. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. A slave is not above his master. And then he says, the helper's coming. I'm going to send him. Now, could I say, as we, as we look at this passage, boy, I'm running out of time. This is the beginning of something new. Obviously, Jesus' coming, was, uh, was, was a, that was a huge event. Uh, the, the prophecies talked about a Messiah, spoke of a Messiah. And you, you read that in Isaiah and, and, uh, and all through. I mean, uh, there's allusions to it almost in every prophet. Every prophet, whether it's uh, major or minor prophets, allude or speak directly to the coming of a Messiah who will change everything. Whether it's, look, uh, this, whether, it's, whether it's something about him coming, the nature of who he, what he would bring and, and who he was when he he would come all the way down to where, you know, when he comes, there's something special that's going to happen. He's going to take your heart of stone out, and he's going to replace it with a heart of flesh, and he's going to write his law on it. And in other words, guess what? I will know the will of God because he has put it in me. Yeah? Is, talking, is that talking about the Holy Spirit? Is that talking about something that Jesus would bring that's new and unique for us today? Certainly. The scripture says that the angels long to look in and, and figure this stuff out. It's a mystery to them. This is the beginning of something new. This moment, he says, all right, I've done, I've done these years with you. Now I'm going to send you out. I'm going to do it. But, and I, but right now, I'm, I've got some things to say to you. I'm going. I'm leaving. I'm checking out. But I'm going to send another helper. This was the beginning of something new. And he says, don't be dismayed with, at the difficulties you encounter. That's hard to do, isn't it? But, you know, on the other hand, if I tell you, it's like, I've got a young man who wants to go into the Air Force. And I'm thinking, that, that boot camp can't be too bad, okay? But, but I want to get him prepared. I'm saying, you know, they're going to yell at you a lot. And you're going to do lots of exercise. And, you know, and you're, you're going to want to go home and you can't. And there's going to be some unpleasantries. How about that? There's going to be some unpleasantries. So prepare yourselves, Okay? And so that's what Jesus is kind of doing. He says, I'm leaving, but I'm, going, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send another comforter. Uh, the scripture calls it the parakletos, the one who is called alongside to help. He says, you know him. He is with you, but he shall be in you. That's significant, folks. It's one thing to know that in this big, big picture out here that there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we can draw symbols of fire and doves and, and, and Jesus. And, and, but he says he's with you. He will be in you. Now that's significant. That's a significant shift. How about that? God in you. Think about that. God in you. Now, many of you understand because once he gets in, one of, one of the cool things is like, what happens when you move into a new house? You start moving things, don't you? You start cleaning stuff. You start rearranging things. And that's what happens when God moves in. Anybody experienced that before? That when God moves in he, into your life, He begins to... You find out who's, who's really in charge. And He says, I don't like this and this needs to go. We need to have a yard sale. Yeah? Or, or better yet, we need a dump run. That's really what he's saying. We need a dump run. And, and at, at, at first, that's a little startling. I remember as a young, young Marine, 
giving my heart to Jesus. I was so excited about what was going on. And it was a Sunday afternoon. And I, I was thinking, I'm going to read the Bible and da-da-da-da. And then I, then I thought, oh, wait a second. I got, you know, the Who. I want to listen to my Who album. <laughs> Who's next? Yeah, that one, you know? And, and some of the others. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit popped me. I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not teach, preaching this as, as do as I say. But God spoke to me. I took all those things out there and broke them in pieces. Yeah? Broke them in pieces. All those albums, all those tapes. We had albums back then, those big black things. Broke them in pieces. Yeah? That was my response. Because even in those little things, he was, I was realizing that there was a tug of war. Yeah? Was I going to choose God or was I going to choose the enemy or my past life? Again, I'm not, I'm not going to write this down and say this is holy writ. That's what the Holy Spirit led me to do. He pressed me. That's how I responded. Deal done. No more temptation. They're gone. That's how I dealt with it. The Holy Spirit. He's, when he lives inside of you, and Jesus spoke of this, there will be things that he leads you to do that the rest of the world thinks you're crazy. My roommate thought I was crazy. He says so today, but today he's saved. Ron Dixon down in Florida. He and I lived in a trailer out of Bella Woods in Camp Lejeune. He said, I'm going to send another. He said, expect adversity. I'm going, to send, I'm going away, but I'm going to send another helper to you. Now, I'm just going to hit, hit some passages here that talks about the character and the nature of, of what the Holy Spirit is. He said, he's the spirit of truth. That's in John 15. He says, he will testify of Jesus Christ. It says, he reproves and he will, uh, he will reprove and he'll convict the world of sin, uh, righteousness, and judgment. In 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, it says, he teaches us. In 16, uh, John 16, 13, it says, it guides, he guides us into truth. Now, in, in uh, John 16, 13, it says, he doesn't speak of himself. He speaks to, to us the, the things given to him by the Father and the Son, and he takes that which belongs to the Son and discloses that to us. Now, these are good things. This is just part of the picture here that when God is, is you know, what he's saying is that I'm equipping you for the future. Even though I'm going away, he's still going to be talking to you. That He's going to take those things which are mine, and he's going to disclose them to you. And later on, and, and this is just, just one of the other things that says here in John 16, he will show you the things that are to come. Now, these are just some of the, the facets of what the Holy Spirit will do inside of you while you're there, while he's there. Okay? So, you up for this? You up for... Wanting and saying, okay, God, you know, look, I, I, if you want me to have it, I want it. If you want me to have it, I want it. Now, I'll address some of those other, other, other issues, and I'll address them biblically. How, all, the, all the walls we put up to say, I've got enough, or I'm uncomfortable with this. All those walls that we put up because we still want to be God. A religious version of a man who's still in control or of a woman who's still in control. Can we trust him? Yes, we can trust him. Now, 
This was initially the message that came to the disciples and ultimately to the church. Here's what I think I know. There's several things, if I can keep them in my mind. Is that we want God, but we want him on our terms. Okay? Sometimes that's who we are. That's what we want. We want God, but we want him on our terms. Music. The other thing that I think I know is that we wrestle because we still want control. And we look for places in Scripture that somehow chisel away at a fully surrendered life. And we cling to those. When I say a fully surrendered life, God, I see what you say in Scripture. I am open to whatever you have for me. I want all the gifts that you have for me. I want all those things. I want you with no conditions, no, hold, no, no holds barred. I want you. I deliver myself to you to be completely within your hands of purpose, I deliver myself to you. Use me as you will. Now, folks, we can say those things, but I'm I'm not going to lie to you and say that it will always be, if you submit yourself to that degree, that it will always be pleasant. Jesus said it wasn't going to be pleasant. And if you look back over the years, you see the, 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 the prophets, people who were, as far as I could see, they were, they were men, they were, they were people of God. They, they, were, they just had delivered themselves to God, and God was asking them some hard stuff. He said, I want you to go, and I want you to say this. And, and, and I can just sense that they're in the back of their mind, they're saying, oh, no. I mean, Moses said it this way. Look. God, I, you know, I'm not much of a speaker here. <laughs> you know, I, you know I'm not, I've never been a part of the, 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 the speech of the month club. You know, what's that organization, the, the Toastmasters? I, you know, I'm, I'm new at this. And, and what if they reject it? He said, well, they're going to reject it. Oh, no. <laughs> you mean, you're going to send me out to say these things, and immediately, what are they going to do? They're going to reject it, and I'm in hot water. <laughs> Wouldn't it be better if I just didn't say anything at all then, if they're going to reject it, and we just kind of, done? Guys, I'm going to send you. But I'm going to equip you. I'm going to empower you. It's going to be days of joy, days of glory. There'll be some hard times but I will not leave you alone. I'll not leave you alone, okay? Did you know that we're in a warfare? Many of us are not kind of on on the front lines. We really don't want to go out there. But this is a warfare. We know how it ends, but we're we're in the midst of it. But he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. And as we look at this, as we look at the scripture in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about, you know, all the things that God equips and why he equip, puts these in the church. You know, and guess what? You're the church. 
little old you. Little old me. You know? And he takes, and what does he do? do? He takes those things which the world considers low and unacceptable, and he exalts them, right? That's a good picture of who I am, you know? No, n- not, no real opportunity. Barely made it out of high school, you know? And he's given me gifts and blessings. The fact that I'm standing before you with God in my heart, a message on my lips, is an act of grace that is greater than you could even imagine. Little old us, but that's who God chooses to use. You know what he, what he requires of you and for me? And this, this is maybe where we need to be. He requires... a willingness for us to get up on the altar. What do I mean by that? Sacrifice, death to self, presenting ourselves and saying, God, what? What's this Romans says? Present yourselves, therefore, a living sacrifice. God, what's a living sacrifice? I'm de- God, I know this process, as I, re- as I make myself available to you, this process is going to obliterate who I used to be. And you're going to be in control and I'm going to be in control. That's sacrifice. Do you know, and we're talking about the fire of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came in fire and every time it fell upon the altar. It fell upon the sacrifice. The fire only, the fire of God only falls upon that which is sacrificed. Huh? Does that make sense? Am I, am I speaking in code? Only uh, the fire of God, the enthusiasm, the anointing, the strength of God only falls upon the sacrifice. Therefore, beloved, present yourselves as a living sacrifice before a holy God so that you may prove what the will of God is. See, only through the sacrifice will the world see what the will of God is. They may hate it. They may love it. But they will see God because it's no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives in you. Does that make sense? Let's worship. Stand with me. Worship. This altar's open. This altar's open for anyone, anyone who feels, who senses God speaking to them and saying, look, present yourselves to me and say to me anything you want any gift that you want, anything, God, I open myself to you. All those things which I said, oh, not me, I push aside because I want you. I want what the Word of God says. I want you. Let's worship. Let's sing. And this altar is open for anyone who wants to pray. If you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, and you want to give your heart to Jesus this morning, give your life to Him, turn your life over to Him, you meet me right here. You meet me right here. Meet me right here. And, uh, and we'll pray. You'll go out of here a changed person. Amen? God changing you. Not me. I'm not going to change anybody. God's going to change. He's going to take away your sin. He's going he's to strengthen you. He'll take away your guilt. You know? 
That's a gift that he has for you. But you know what? This is one of those cases where you've got to go to him and say, God, I want it. I want it. I surrender myself to you. Let's worship.